It's Fibber McGee and Molly. Each weekday at this time, NBC brings you the Fibber McGee and Molly program, transcribed, written by Phil Leslie, and directed by Max Huddle. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. There's one question that probably causes more sleepless nights than all the others put together. It goes something like this. How can I save money when I hardly earn enough to keep going? Well, that is a serious question because it involves your future and your family's. But it's not hopeless. There is one way to save regularly. True, it's not easy to save money. But once it becomes a habit, it's the simplest thing you ever did. Provided you choose a plan like the payroll savings plan for buying United States savings bonds. Just ask your employer to save a few dollars from your paychecks. Every time enough money accumulates, your employer buys your savings bonds for you automatically. Those bonds now mature in less than 10 years and pay you $4 for every $3 you put in. The payroll savings plan can mean extra money for your future. Join today. You'll feel more secure tomorrow... If you buy United States savings bonds today. A peculiar thing's going on at 79 Wistful Vista today. Mr. McGee's been rushing around all morning, returning borrowed property, paying bills, and fixing things. He's standing in the middle of the living room right now, as he says. Oh, let me see. I returned more tubes as Ma Jong set and borrowed a Scrabble game. Paid my fines at the public library. Oh, my gosh, I forgot to get a new hinge for the back screen door. Hey, Molly, I'll be right back. I'm going to get a hinge for the screen door. Just a minute, dearie. Calm down. I had that door fixed three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Doggone it, that couldn't have been it then, could it? What couldn't have been it? What couldn't have been what? That couldn't have been what I was supposed to do today. Look, you see this ribbon tied around my little finger? Yeah, I've been admiring that all morning. Why the gift wrapping? That ribbon is on there to remind me to do something, and I don't know what. So I've been doing all the things I should have done before, but put off at the time and didn't do them. Today. Well, good for you. I cleaned out the hall closet, tightened up that loose eye on my old moose head, and hey, I fixed your vacuum cleaner for you. Oh, happy day. Yeah, it's right here. Plug it in. Gladly. Oh, it was in horrible shape. See? Runs like a top. Can't you fix it so it runs like a vacuum cleaner? I got that chug, chug, chug out of it, didn't I? Yeah, but you left in the bloop and the gleek, gleek and the clackety. Well, the gears are just a little noisy, that's all. Works perfect except for one little thing. What's that? It won't pick up the dirt? Not when you push it forward. When you pull it along behind you, though, it works great. Doggone it, this is disgusting. A ribbon on my finger to remind me to do something and I can't remember what it was. Well, I wish I could help you. Say, did you mail out the check for the light bill? First thing this morning, with the dollar took off of it. You deducted a dollar from the bill? Yep. Why? They've been diluting our electricity or something? No. Well, I told their meter reader the last time he was here that $2.80 was too big a bill, and I think he's reading the meter wrong. And he says, if I don't like the way he's reading our meter, maybe I'd like to crawl under the house and read it myself. And I says, I will. So I did, and got stuck. And snagged my pants on a nail. And that's what I'm taking the buck off for. Hmm. Maybe the ribbon on your fingers to remind you to buy some kerosene lamps. Because we'll need them when they turn off that... Hey, I'll bet I know what it was I was supposed to do. Put a new light bulb on the back porch? 
It was so dark out there last night, you dumped the tin cans in the basement window, and then you went back in the garage instead of the house, hollering that somebody had stolen the back steps. Oh, it don't seem like that's what it was on account of it. Hold it, dearie. Company. Come in. Oh, hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, folks. Hi, Wimp. Say, did you remember what you were trying to remember, Mr. McGee? You know that ribbon on your finger? Not so far, Wimp. Well, after you brought my stepladder back, I had a thought. Oh, good for you. Maybe I can help you, Mr. McGee. Is that ribbon to remind you to return my rake? Rake? The one I loaned you the time you wanted to get your yard cleaned up before you left for the World's Fair in Chicago? Is that it, McGee? No, I don't think that's what it was for. Oh. Well, our yard is full of leaves, and that's what made me think that maybe... No, and the reason I'm sure it wasn't your rake I had in mind, Wallace, is on account of because I fell over that rake in our garage this morning, you see. Uh, hurt yourself? No, but if this ribbon had been to remind me about your rake, I'd have thought of it when I picked up the busted handle. Yeah, he'd have thought of it, Mr. Wimple. Oh, I see. Well, thanks for trying to help, though. It's really very perplexing. I wonder what it... Do you think it was my spare tire, maybe? The one you took to the Grand Canyon... Please, Wimp, please. You're just confusing me now. He gets confused easily when he's trying to think, Mr. Wimple. He has to have it quiet. Well, it was just a try, Mrs. McGee. Say, may I speak to your parakeet before I go? Oh, sure. Go right ahead, Mr. Wimple. Isn't he cute? A delightful bird, Mrs. McGee. Hi, birdie. Hi, birdie. Oh, he loves to have us talk to him. He tries... Hey, I bet that's what this ribbon was for. To remind me to teach that parakeet to talk. Look out, Wimp. Stand away, will you? Oh, excuse me for breathing. The first thing you got to do is teach a parakeet his name, Wimp. Carr told us that, Mr. Wimple. Yeah. Now, look, Bertie. Listen now. Hi, Buster. Hi, Buster. Oh, McGee, we're not going to name him Buster. Well, what do you call him? Baby. You're my baby. Aren't you, baby? See? He don't like that. Hi, Buster. Hi, Buster. Hi, baby. Hi, Buster. Hi, baby. Bye, Buster. Bye, baby. Bye, folks. Back to Whistle Vista in a minute. There's a sad bravery about the war orphans of Korea. They don't give up. Although they're starving, often cold, without homes, parents, or security, they keep on until they drop of exhaustion. Thousands are going from orphanage to orphanage seeking admission. They know there's no room, for the orphanages are already too crowded to take another one. But these orphans never give up hope. They beg on the streets asking for any scrap of food. Many of them have tuberculosis. Most of them have malnutrition. They are dirty, neglected, weak, but not downhearted. They still hope for a better day. They are future citizens of Korea. You can justify their hopes if you send them a care food package. It will feed four orphans for a month. It will give them strength to go on until that better day dawns. Without help, thousands more will die. The best $10 investment you can make is a $10 care food package for a war orphan of Korea. It will pay dividends in human life. Send an order today or a contribution to Care for Korea, New York City, New York. Uh, let me see. I fixed the vacuum. 
Took Wimp's stepladder back, tightened my moose head, put new laces in my basketball shoes, polished my bicycle clips. Oh, for put... goodness sakes, McGee, stop worrying. You've done more work around here today than you have in the last five years. Doggone it, I still don't think I've done what I got this ribbon on my finger to remind me of. To do. You don't think it was the parakeet teaching him to talk, huh? No, I just got the feeling that whatever it was, I haven't done it yet. You paid your library fine. Yeah, and the light bill and my personal account at the shoeshine stand. Hey, I wonder if I'm supposed to bowl with Doc Gamble tonight. Why don't you take that thing off and forget it? You must be tired. Tired? I had to shorten my suspenders to keep myself standing up. I'm wore out like an Eddie Fisher record in a sorority house. <laughs> I'm beat. Wish I could remember what I'm supposed to do. Well, though. I can't think of anything else unless you meant to patch that wallpaper in the upstairs hall. I did that the minute I come back from returning Billy Keith's pogo stick. And believe me, that water lily design is plenty hard to match, too. Where on earth did you find that paper to match it? <laughs> it's been on there for eight years, you know. Well, it's not exactly the same kind. I had to use some paper we had left over from the dining room. The dining room? That paper's a hunting scene. Running horses and things. Yeah, I know, I know. And if you never saw a horse jump over a water lily bigger than he is, take a look upstairs. It's the most unusual arrangement you ever... Doggone it, I wish people would leave us alone when I'm trying to think. Come in. Hello, Molly, and good afternoon. Why aren't you in your office? I just phoned you and you didn't answer. Hello, doctor. I'm terribly sorry, my boy. Hi, doc. Had I known that I was to be honored with a telephone call from you... I would have left the patient there on the operating table, rushed back to my office, and let him set his own broken leg. What do you want, stupid? Are we supposed to bowl tonight? No. Now, may I ask a question? Go right ahead, Doctor. Why the fancy bow on little Egghead's pinky? He tried to wrap a package and couldn't get his finger out? <laughs> That's to remind him to do something, Doctor. What? That's just the trouble, Fatso. I can't remember. You know, he's been working like a dog around here all day, Doctor. Fixing things and returning things and paying bills. He's just about worn himself out. And I still don't feel like I've done what this ribbon was supposed to remind me of, to do. You say you paid all your bills? Yes, he has, Doctor. No, he hasn't, my dear. What you mean? Who's having I? Who's having I? Mine. Oh. My gosh, I'm sorry, Doc, you old man. Yeah. I clean forgot you. Mm -hmm. I overlooked you completely. And boy, that takes some mighty tall overlooking. Give him a couple of bucks, Molly. That ought to pay us up. You know the amount, Doctor? By an odd coincidence, Molly, I happen to have a copy of the bill with me. It's $23. $23? That's very reasonable, Doctor. Reasonable? $23? What did you see the last time you looked down my throat, you big burglar? A diamond mine? Oh, stop shouting, McGee. You know very well you wake me up in the middle of the night every time you overeat. If I ever start charging you for phone calls... You wouldn't dare. I could have your license yanked for that, boy. I could have you unsmocked. McGee, stop it. Oh, well, he makes me sick. Pay the doctor and shush. His bill is very fair, and you know it. Oh, yeah? Well, what did he do for 23 bucks that I couldn't have done myself? Read it to me, Fatso. Itemize it. Be glad to. Got it right here. Good. August 15th, patient appeared at office with arm in a sling. Heavily bandaged. Removed dressings and found splinter in finger. Dried tears and sent home. Three dollars. I remember that. Well, that hurt. August 27th. House call, emergency, 2 a.m., patient terrified, abdominal pains, removed open safety pin from pajamas, $5. You won't have to be a doctor to do that. I Labor can't. day, emergency, 3 a.m., patient in panic, turning red all over, 
Diagnosis, sunburn. Oh, what a night that was. He was so cross. Care to hear more? No, doctor, of course not. Pay the bill, McGee. Okay. Here you are, Doc. Thank you. Sit down, doctor. Yeah, spread the lard on the sofa, butcher boy. Thanks, I can't stay. I've got to run along. What'd you stop by for in the first place? Anything? Yes. What? $23. Bye, Molly. Bye, doctor. Well, that's one more thing to Kinkira. I wonder if that was what I was supposed to remember. No, dearie. Huh? I said no. No, it wasn't. What do you mean? Well, McGee, I've got a confession to make. I tied that ribbon on your finger last night while you were asleep. You? You did? Why? What for? Well, because there was something I wanted you to do for me today. Oh, my gosh. What do you want me to do? I can't remember. Oh, this is ridiculous. Deborah and Molly will be right back. A minute of your time, if I may, to remind you about some of the pleasure-filled radio shows which await you tomorrow evening on the NBC radio network. Frank Sinatra stars each Tuesday evening as footloose, adventuresome Rocky Fortune, a radio characterization you'll truly enjoy. It's Frank Sinatra in a dramatic role that will hold your attention for 30 action-packed minutes. It's Frank Sinatra as you've never heard him before. It's wonderful radio entertainment. Hear Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune tomorrow night. And listen, too, for true stories of your police force in action on Dragnet. From crime to punishment, Dragnet is true. From crime to punishment, Dragnet is dramatic radio entertainment that you'll enjoy. Be sure to hear Dragnet. Musical entertainment each Tuesday evening brings you two quarter-hour programs by a pair of America's most popular singers. First, there's the Eddie Fisher Show. Then, the Dinah Shore Show. Listen tomorrow and every Tuesday and Friday evenings for songs by both Eddie Fisher and Dinah Shore. They're on the NBC radio network. Hey, Molly, have you seen the evening paper anyplace? Yes. No, I thought you were through with it. Haven't you read it yet? Not yet. Anything interesting in it? Yes. The garbage. Oh. I'll listen to a newscast. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> NBC has brought to you the Fibber McGee and Molly program, transcribed with Bill Thompson as Mr. Whipple and Arthur Q. Bryan as Doc Gamble. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fibber McGee and Molly. Just for laughs, here, Can You Top This on the NBC Radio Network.